count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. Yes. Ah, <sighs> that was a deep breath. How you guys doing, friends? What's going on? I had to breathe there because I have to remind myself to be conscious. I have to remind myself to be in the moment here. I have to work my brain like a muscle. It's kind of my responsibility to do that. I wonder if it's part of the responsibility of life to keep grounding yourself, to he- to keep hitting that proverbial um, home button to bring you back. Remember when iPhones used to have home buttons? Remember when the home fu- remember when the home buttons would just break and none of the other part of the screen would be cracked, and then inevitably the rest of the screen would get cracked, but it all started at the home button. Press that home button every once in a while. Breathe. Think of this concept. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It's very new to me. And I, I, that's why I love to share new concepts with you guys. New cosmic concepts that are like really just just like first aid kits for life, right? And so the three T's. Things, thoughts, thinker. So thing. Thing is like, thing is literally something that is existing in this, in this plane of reality. Thought is the thing that happens in your mind when you have an emotionally driven sensation, right? So you see somebody on Instagram that is doing better than you or they're doing worse than you and you feel like a winner, etc., right? Over them. That's a that's a thought. Now, thinker, fascinating. This is the voice that you're always te- talking to. This is the voice that's like you're literally telling the story of your life to and with that's been a part of you in the ever-changing archive that is yourself the same you that used to pick your nose when you were four years old and cry when you didn't get your way is the same you that is trying to figure out a career in their life right now and is trying to be the best they can be that's kind of awesome to think that you have all this experience with you but it's just really important to try to let yourself be a better person and give yourself the space something that i've been thinking about is that it's the concept of reaction versus action Action is greater than reaction. Action implies space. Action implies that there is a distance between you and the emotional sensations from the many ancillary inputs that this simulation of life holds for us. Just just think about having action as opposed to a reaction. Think about how that lion on those National Geographic shots, it waits there. Right? The lion doesn't just see the elk and go for it. The lion waits for when the elk is in the perfectly poised place and goes and gets it. And I love that. But we are, we, are, we are hunters for good thoughts. We no longer have to hunt elk unless you are Joe Rogan. You don't have to hunt anything. You can just go buy it. Just put on a mask first. But oh, also getting back on the simulation concept of life, I think it's getting less and less strange to say that because I played PlayStation VR the other day and um holy shit played some beat saber we are literally we are in a simulation like there is literally no way that this is anything aside from that i don't have any i don't have any any uh uh, hardcore knowledge i don't have any set in stone knowledge that'll prove this aside from what i've listened to on podcasts but but it just makes sense to think so 
It makes sense to think so. Don't knock it until you play some of that VR. So next time you play some VR, think of me. Think of think of your friend Dan. And just think, when you take off that VR headset, how much different is it? Where are the lines? Right now we're in the very beginning stages of this VR, right? We are literally in the motor, we're not even at Motorola Razor technology level yet. What about when VR starts to get to iPhone level? This is gonna be a crazy world to live in. And by then I'll have my Cybertruck and I'll be living out in the country somewhere still doing podcasts. And I'll be waiting to see what you guys say and think. But until then, let me know what you think about this whole VR thing. Oh, and also, oh, and also, thank you so much for the reaction on the first single from A Young Man's Country, my first Cosmic Country full-length release, produced by Robin Ford, one of my freaking biggest heroes ever, coming out August 7th this year. Thank you guys so much for the love that you showed me. Uh, it literally means the world to me. fucking love this band goose who does not love goose that is a jam band fan i just i don't know anyone that is a jam band fan doesn't dig goose the art of being a band oh my god if anyone in a modern sense is looking on how to do that look up goose mr peter onspock join me to be my next guest on the podcast today and he is a thrillingly intelligent individual with so much empathy, inspiration for different genres of music, has a really fantastic story that's easy to comprehend and relate to, but then he has a, a an industrious and relevant modern sense of how to contribute and compete in this modern environment of social media and business that, that we're all in, frankly, if, even if you're not a musician that's listening to this podcast. Um, understanding your fans, but like doing so through logic, through individuality, and through empathy. Nothing that is canned or nothing that you got to send someone your email address and you get 20 steps on how to do. This is just a really talented individual who loves music, who is pursuing the goals of his life and all the right reasons, and he's listening to the right signs, and he's seeing the right signs, and he's working hard with his bandmates, and they're changing the world show by show. And so we're talking about all of that. We're talking about the Goose Bingo Tour, which from a live streaming perspective is one of the most innovative ideas I've ever seen. And, um, you know, just a, a bunch of all the other cool things that they're doing you know, on a sincere, sincere level. So with no further ado, Mr. Peter Onspock, Goose. Dope. Okay. Hey, so I am a huge fan. I'm a massive fan of what you do. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you're doing is so, <laughs> so cool. It's literally so inspiring to see for someone like me, like I get in these draughts of inspiration or lack thereof. And it's like, yeah, you guys are such a fresh breath of air to the scene. It's like, I've done a lot of research on you guys and it, it seems like the way Goose existed prior to you coming into the, into the group. Yeah. Goose, oh. Goose was like a, a band for, I, it's now almost, it's like five years, I guess. It's been a band, and I've, I've been in the band for two years. But there was something that happened with the social media presence and the overall like sleekness of the aesthetic of the band, and of course, musically. Right. Uh, that totally changed when you came in. Okay, that, that makes sense. I mean, I definitely like, took, that, <laughs> took, that, I took charge there um, to do that kind of thing for the, for the band when I came on. I mean... That's like social media and, and like branding and stuff. It's not yeah. something that 
I don't think it doesn't really come naturally to a lot of musicians. It's kind of like a whole nother skill set. Um, and it's hard. I think sometimes it's hard for people to like properly represent themselves online. Cause oh. like, you know, you, you have your, there's the musical side of you, the artistic side and you know, the communicated to the people, like it may be easy in a live show to communicate what you're, what you're doing. But I think on an online the online thing kind of like makes it difficult. So I was, I definitely came in and started doing that stuff when I joined. What was your, what was your whole deal with that? Like conceptually? Cause it's like, what's also fascinating is it's like, it seemed like you had the skill, but you needed that band. You needed that moment in time to actually execute it. Yeah. I, it's thank you. Um, that's like, you're very perceptive. Um, I mean, it was definitely something I was thinking about, I had another band, Great Blue, um, and we were like kind of trying to do the band thing back in 2017. Hmm. And Great Blue has like a whole bunch of music out, and we were doing that for a while, like maybe like three or four years, like trying to make it. Um, yeah. And it like wasn't things weren't really happening. And then like I, was, I realized like, hey, you know what? I think our online presence could be stronger. So I started like implementing some things, like maybe like fall of 2017, right before I joined Goose. And things were like starting to happen like for Great Blue a little bit more, but then then like the personnel kind of like blew up a little bit. <laughs> so it was like the timing was weird. But then um then, you know, I was just like I, I got asked to join Goose and I was like, guys, like, you know, I could take care of this part of it and you know, we'll hopefully we'll have some success. So like you got the band a logo? Yeah, I mean they had like they had a couple ideas. Uh, there was like a couple logo ideas at the time. Like there was an old logo and then there was like two new logos and we like kind of went with one of those. I like docked it up one of them. Um, and like in, into the t-shirt that is kind of like the more iconic goose t-shirt at this point, which is like this Navy t-shirt with like multicolored geese. Oh yeah. Right. I love that shirt. It's great. That's also the moose variation shirt. The moose variation. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like that was just kind of a a one goose logo. It just said goose, and there was a, there was one goose, and then I just I was just like, you know, I kind of wanted to do like a little bit of like a artsy vibe on it, and just add some extra colors in there. Um, and then that was one of the first sh- uh, shirts we made when I joined. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been making it ever since. People love it's like the hottest sell shirt we have. Um, it seems like you own like a bunch of GoPros and you just like, I envisioned you guys like driving in a van like I do, but it's like, maybe you guys, I hope if you guys are in a van now, surely you won't be for long, but it's like, (laughs) I, I ensure like, I see like you just editing all like this GoPro footage, like footage from like night to night. Is that pretty much the process? You might have like, you might have a, you know, you might have a cam in our van that you, you're seeing. (laughs) (laughs) What I love about the van, van life is like how everyone, like after like that three, four days of vibing on the road doing shows, like by day four, as soon as you get in the van, everyone's in their zone. Yeah. Like the guy who reads is the guy who reads. He doesn't say anything. Guy with AirPods in. (laughs) We've kind of got like our van, our van dynamic is very interesting. It's like, (laughs) we all have the same, we all sit in the same seats every time. Without fail, everyone has a seat. Um, And then, like, they're all kind of, like, based on specific things. Like, we actually have, I mean, I don't know if we're going to be in a, but we were in a van for this last tour, and let's just, let's just say we're in a van. So, like, we have, we have our our bass player drives, like, 
<laughs> literally 95, maybe not, maybe more of the time, 95% of the time. Um, I drive like very occasionally. Um, our road manager, John, drives <laughs> occasionally, but that's that's pretty much it. Nobody else drives. Yeah. And uh, everyone has their own seat. Like, but there's a, there's always like a good like dynamic. John, our, our road manager, is hilarious. So he bring he like the vibe he brings to the road is unbelievable. Like he keeps everybody silly, like goofing off, having a great time, even when things are like difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably like one of the main reasons I'd say like touring for us is so much fun. Um, is it a thing where you guys are like uh, rehearsing at sound checks and like doing extended sessions together and yeah. Oh yeah, we do. We do like when we can. Like uh, the last tour we did was like all support. Oh had, no time! I right. had like t- twenty minutes to sound check and yeah, good luck. But <laughs> usually, yeah, usually we'll do like you know big sound check jams and stuff like that. Um, I've actually been like listening to a couple sound check jams from like um, last fall. Um, you guys bring your own board on the road. How are you recording board audio? We actually have like an X32 rack unit that we run. We run like all our channels into a splitter and half the splitter goes into the X32 and half of it goes to like front of house. So we were mixing our own in-ear monitors on the X32. Um, So like we're completely like our monitor mix is completely isolated. And that's also how we record every show. Um, And we bring up our mics and cables on all the jazz. The X32 is the thing that is for in-ears, right? Behringer makes it? Yeah, so it's actually, I mean, it's it could be like a mixer. It's basically a digital mixer. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we have like, you know, we just round into that. Um, and you can control it from your phone or like from these little devices that they sell. Uh, it's really awesome. It's like handy to like walk into a venue and not have to worry about the monitors. <laughs> Whoa, man. So that's insane. I've never even like, I've only seen them and I've, I've, I'm looking at them right now. So it's basically, it's just a mixer. Yeah. Except it's digital. Yeah. We basically and, with our own mixer. Oh my God. And so there's one and you keep it on stage. Yep. And yeah. you record into that, of course, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. It's on stage and it's like, it's all, we call it jewels. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually like this large rack that like it's, massive um and it's on wheels and it's with the splitter and it's got like a wireless router in it it's got like a headphone amp just in case shit fails like damn we're we're in in good shape there um and we actually had a front of house engineer for the first time ever on this past tour which was like a huge breath of fresh air next world it's a lot of work to set up this whole thing like you know in a short amount of time so he was very helpful on that and plus, he's like got he's got the front of house on on lock, and we got the monitors on lock. It's like just locking down the ship as much as possible, you know. Oh, we want to make sure that there's no like weird factors that could make somebody have like a bad time at our show. Like the front house guy is just like not there, or you know, he just doesn't doesn't know how to like mix our band, or is just not paying attention. It's like you know, we could do all these things, but if we don't have a front of house guy, it's like it's for nothing. Yeah. To the people who like don't tour and play music, it's yeah. really funny to think of all the crucial assets and variables that make a a, a good live experience seamless and enjoyable and yeah. immersive. And the yeah. thing that is wild is the front of house guy. Yeah, it's so essential. 
Um, I mean, people are like, yeah, the lights, like the production. And then they're like, they don't think about the audio. Like, I can't even tell you how many times, like someone's been like, yo, I got this great live streaming rig, man, like 10 cams, like 4k. And I'm like, yeah, well, what's the audio? He's like, yeah, just left right from the board. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing it. Like, <laughs> if you're not mixing the audio actively, like you're not, you're not doing a good job. If you're not bringing like audience mics, crowd mics into it, it's going to sound dry and sterile. Like, you know, I mean, there's like, there's all these factors that I think just go overlooked. Um, that you're doing out. that. You're so I'm like, you guys have four people in the band, right? So yeah. I really think like the thing that you're doing isn't like new in the sense of how you're getting the word out, but it's modern, right? Like the means of doing so of like sharing what's live in the most sleek and immersive way possible. That's right. like, people within our scene we've always done that like the dead started that and it was like you're doing it in a way at scale where it's an immersive experience on you know sundays we go to band camps and then during the week you have you know videos that come out and it's like no one at scale is doing that and the thing that always wins at social media is the guy who can or the band um the long distance runner the one that can go and go and go with that much consistency so you guys you guys, it looks like you have like five cameras. Am I right by that? Yeah, it's either five or six. Um, Crazy, dude. Yeah. Yeah, we started out with like, with GoPros. Um, Those are dope. They, they work really well. Every video from last year is GoPros. And oh, wow. Yeah, and I actually, I mean, like there's, I was working only pretty much in iMovie last year and like found out some tricks on like how to make the videos like look a little bit better quality with the GoPros. And, um, then now, like now I'm in final cut and it's, it's a dream. And (laughs) we upgraded the cameras to like some DSLRs. So like the quality is getting better. I just like want to keep pushing the ball forward. Like I have like this, you know, this hunger to like, you know, create amazing, like, like you just said, like immersive experiences. Yes. And if like, you know, if we can continue to do that and like, especially when we get the feedback that we are getting now, it's like, it gives us the means and the reason to keep pushing the ball forward. It's wow. like, we're like feeding off the crowd being like, yo, this video is great. Like the quality is awesome. It's like, okay, like how can we make it better? You know? Always. Yeah. Always. So what, like, the thing, what's the like, thing with production and lights that you guys are doing as well? <clears throat> yeah, we, uh, yeah, we have a light guy, um, uh, Andrew Getty. He's from Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> That's such um, a funny place to be from. I know. It's just, just kind of random. Um, yeah. We met him from like just playing a show. He was doing lights for another band. Yep. And he just uh, loved you guys and he believed in it. Well, I, I, it was like kind of a slow thing. Like we knew he was in a different area. We didn't have like yeah. we didn't have the means to really have him on tour at that moment. Mm-hmm. we're like okay like every time we're in this area like let's hit this guy up vibe him out like we'll see what it's like and he did lights for us like two other shows like almost an entire year later and then like we were like yo this is legit and then we brought him up we were like ready to bring him on tour at that moment and we we're like yo this is happening um and he was dead about it he's like now he he loves goose he's he's a dear friend of ours like the relationship has blossomed um and he's, he's the fucking man. He's got a great family. Like he owns his own, besides doing lights for us, he like owns his own, like basically AV company 
Oh, cool. Um, does like, yeah, he does like live sound and like and lights for like clubs and all these kinds of things, like installations. Like he's very tech savvy. His sister runs the business. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love such a thing. That's beautiful. It's uh, really great. Yeah. So have you always done music? Is that, is that the thing for you? Yeah. I mean, if, like, I guess when I was younger, I, wanted, I was like a baseball player. Like that was kind of my thing. Yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you good at baseball or were you not so I was good? Pretty, I was pretty good. Yeah. I was a pitcher. Um, and then somewhere along high school, I like started to get into um, like fish and the dead um and like kind of changed me um you know i was like wow like look at this thing i can go out there and do like i don't have to play i always thought about like music is you know you're playing a song and and then and then the song's over and then you play the next song i was like i heard like the improvisation and i was like this is the most inspiring thing i've ever heard i was like i need to be like you know going out there and like jamming with my friends and i was like I could take like what I do in the basement, like put it on stage and people will enjoy it. I like, that sounds awesome. So I was like, okay, let's, let's take this more seriously. I quit baseball um, my senior year because I wanted to, we had like this opportunity to do, um, I had like a high school band at the time and I was like, I really wanted to just do that. And our school gave us the opportunity to basically take off the last two months of, of high school and do like our own like project that we're interested in. It was called the Senior Interest Project. And we recorded oh. an album. Um, instead of like going to class, we were like practicing every day and, and doing the band thing. It was so much fun. I was like, this is great. I went to, and then, you know, then I went to college and I was like, I studied music business. Actually, I went to Nashville my first year. You went to uh, Belmont? I went to Belmont. And then I, I transferred out after one year. Um, Cause like, I don't know, the vibe like wasn't amazing. <laughs> like it was, it was, really, it was really fun, but it was like the Christian thing was a lot. The Christian thing's a lot, dude. Like um, the Christian things, I mean, especially on today on what we're talking about in the mm -hmm. climate that's happening right now. It's like, right. as we speak, you know, police are, um, are uh, arming on, on the, you know, the campus of Elmont. And it's like, wow. it's just an absolute, madhouse and and so that that the uh the vibe of that culture is very much real on the executive level of the functionality yeah. of the city and the people yeah. who own the bars and you know yeah. um aside from my friend jesse lee jones who owns like the best bar whenever you come back to nashville roberts western world um, okay every other every other executive in this it, it's like you kind of run into that vibe and so you yeah. know you're from connecticut right yeah it's yeah. like my family's from jersey and so that, that vibe doesn't really fly up there as much as it does down here. So it, it makes sense that that would be really foreign to you. It was totally a change. It was wild. And the school was very strict on the rules. Like my friends like got kicked out for an entire semester. They found like a gram of pot in his room uh, <laughs> and he was gone. No refund. I was like, no refund. Yeah. I was like, yo, that's messed up. Like if I smoked I, it too. <laughs> yeah right maybe who knows like it i can't you know but it's like i thought that was messed up and there was a couple other things that i was like this is like a great this was a great experience like i had a great time with the people i was there with i had like you know i found the group of people that were like like me and we like went to parties and like 
played like great music together and I longboarded around the streets of Nashville like every night. It was awesome. I had like the best time. But then I was like, okay, but in terms of my actual like growing of myself, I feel like I'm not going to, I feel like here's not the best spot. So I transferred to NYU, um, Mm -hmm. New York City, uh, which was also very different, but it's a little bit, it's like an hour, hour and a half from where I live now, um, Mm -hmm. where I grew up. So it was like, you know, I knew the city, but it was like totally a different, different kind of culture shock. And um, ended up being a great decision because like I just thought the program was much stronger um, once I was there I was like oh this is a no-brainer this is where I need to be um, and then when I was in college I was like you know I was taking like music business classes and I was like you know learning how to be a manager and or an agent or whatever and I was like at a certain point I was like wait a minute I want to be the musician so then I started looking at it from this other angle of like how can I implement all these other skills you know that I'm learning from how to be these other jobs and use them to my benefit as a musician. So like that was, I was kind of like on that path. Um, I think maybe like my junior year of college, I made that switch. It also uh, seems the thing that's funny about like the economics of, of a uh, jam of the jam band world. Yeah. It, it's completely isolated than right. the other ones. Like it's almost more like a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's like, you have the leverage, you book a show, people come. Right. Right. I, like, I don't know, like in country, like in all the projects I've been involved with that aren't my own, there's always like, um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's, you know, four writers on the song and right. producer who gets a credit on the song and you publish it through his publishing house and then it gets put out through a major and yeah. then, and, you know, there's a, you know, a 12 week album push and yeah. then, you know, there's there's two singles that happen, and there's eight week radio campaigns for those on different yeah. co- country radio. And right. it's like you guys don't seem to abide by that at all. It seems like you just post really great content, and like you know who your fans are, and you do it as much as possible. Right? Yeah, I, that's exactly right, man. There's no like, you know, the, those concepts are a little bit more foreign because I think the relationship with the fans is like that much more viable. Like when you play as many shows as you do as a jam man, you meet the people and you, you like, you know, it's more than just a fan base. They become your friends and family. And that's why the communities are like so tight knit. But then like, once you know your fan base is, you can just deliver stuff to them. And then like, you know, then they will do the work of sharing it to their friends and other people they know. Was there any uh, ego involved with you wanting like, or deciding that, or I don't want to use the word deciding because I don't know if it's about that, but more or less finding out what the groove was for you to get into. Like, cause yeah. where I come from here, a lot of success in Nashville is usually based off like analogous thinking. Like right. if person A did that, then I want to do that. Got it. Yeah. So was that, was that kind of the vibe for you? Like, was it you wanting to like be, was Peter like wanting to be like your own band and be like, and, and have huge success on the radio? Or was it, were you always just wanting to be in a jam band and just have fun and play music? I, I think like, um, for, it's hard to say, like what I really want is, is to like, is to go up. I, I'm, I really love performing. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love recording music too. I like doing it with your friends is like so important to me. Um, so, anything like anything like that i was like if i could do this with my best friends like that's a win like you know i'll be a happy person for the rest of my life i don't need like 
I feel like I don't need commercial success or anything to, you know, basically complete my life goals. I feel like I'm already living my life goal, which is awesome. Isn't that the biggest thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it feels great, man. Like it's, it's so cool to be able to like work on a project that you care about and like work at it from like a bunch of different angles. It's, there's nothing like it. Like I, I realized that like, I couldn't, you know, I was on this path to like work for other people's goals musically, you know, I was going to be like, you know, managing some band or whatever. And I'd be like implementing the things I learned into somebody other, somebody else's project. And I was like, damn, I really wish this was my own project. And I'm so glad that it is. Now I'm able to like do all these things under my own project. It's like, it's fantastic. Yeah. In a fundamental sense, like, just like as like a basketball player could like talk about dribbling or in like doing yeah. what are some of those things for the people who listen a lot of like a lot of young guys listen to this podcast and cool. they're it's kind of that thing of where like kids are like 18 to like you know 21 22 they're still trying to figure out it's like what would you tell them to do that you've learned from that business phase of your life but the thing right. that you've also done is you've executed like that's the biggest thing so like what are the things that just on yeah. the outset of your thought yeah I would say, I mean, now I'm 27. Um, and like, once I graduated college, like the, the horizon was like totally blank. I had, mm-hmm. I, I had nothing, nothing going on. Like I was just trying to build my band from scratch, um, mm-hmm. from the ground up of like trying to get recognition. And we were hustling hard, man. Um, I, but I'd say like, if you're a young, if you're, you know, a young person, like trying to be a musician and the, the mo- the best thing you can do is, be really good at what you what you do like be a really great player singer whatever it is like Mm -hmm. practice a lot because you're gonna you're gonna need that like you know that skill in order to like you can like showcase yourself all you want with like all these like you know videos great content etc but like if you don't have like the actual skill and like, and you don't work at it, work hard. Like you're not going to be, you're, you're basically even like showcasing like air, you know, it's like, look at this. I have it right here. It's awesome. But like, you know, there's nothing there. Like we, you, you need substance before you can promote something and have it work. You know, my God, don't like to be sold something that's like not great quality, you know? Oh my God. We can tell now. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> when something is overproduced and unnecessary for our attention span. Exactly. Yeah. Complete crap. People like people can see through it now, nowadays for sure. Like I don't think they used to be able to, I think it used to be way easier to sell something that like, wasn't, wasn't great. But now I think people like are so able to do things on their own, like DIY, like so easily you can tell like when something's not authentically great. Um, people, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's cool, man. I, I think like, you know, if you're young, just like practice a lot and get out there, take every opportunity you get. Cause you never know, like one relationship could lead to the next, like be friends with as many people as possible, you know, be respectful, listen when you play with others. It's like probably the most important thing ever. <laughs> it's like the biggest, you, the last person you listen to is yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That oh. You'll be great like that. That's how you be great. Yeah. Oh, that's so real, man. So I'm 25. And so in your 27, you've been doing Goose for what, two years now? Years. I joined when I was 25. Yeah. That's, that's insane, man. So yeah. 
you said about practicing every day. So it's like presently this past week for me has been like an existential distraughting, distraught time, distraughtful. Cause yeah. I can't like walk into either wanting to write a song or right. like figuring out, figuring out a song to learn or, or, or doing anything musically. And right. it's like right now I'm really fascinated when people say practice, like what that means. Right. So in like a normal period of time, what does that mean for you and the band at the collective? Yeah. I'd say like, I think it's difficult just in general to like, I think a lot of my motivation from, for practicing becomes from like, you know, wanting to get better at a certain thing that I'm doing with other people. Mm. So there's, I, I feel like it's almost hard to motivate to practice, to get better just for, just to like do it, just do it by yourself. You know, mm. like I'm going to learn this scale, like, and, and play it like really, really well. And like play over these changes really well just by myself. Feels a little bit like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever been in that, that point. Cause I've always had like a group of people to play with. So like, when I practice now, it's like, I really want to get good at doing something so I could showcase it with my band. Um, it gives me like a reason to practice because I know I'm going to have to go out in front of a bunch of people and play it. Right. It's not just like, for me, I, I, I definitely want to get better for myself and, and be able to like have more fun playing my instrument. But a lot of it has to do with like, you know, how, how it's viewed by others. And like, you know, for anyone else who's younger and like, huge and having having trouble practicing um and like motivating to do that like there's nothing better than like joining group like a group of people to play with and then you know maybe they're better than you like that's great like anytime you can play with anyone who's better than you you get better it's like it's awesome yes it's completely necessary right like oh my god that's so that's absolutely so huge are you guys practicing often now during the quarantine we actually just started. We have like a our bingo tour, which is like a, a like a virtual summer tour thing coming up at the end of the month. So, okay. how many shows? Uh, it's it's basically like four nights, two weekends, um, two sets night, and they're gonna be like bingo sets, which is like where when you draw a ball out of like the bingo roller. I don't know if you ever played bingo, but like, you know, like yeah, you know, yeah, you do you do like the bingo roller, ball comes out. And maybe it's like B12 or something. And B12 corresponds to a certain goose song. And we have to play that song um, or like some other musical cue. And someone wins. Somebody, yeah. You have a bingo card at home with like just standard bingo card with the song names. And if you get like, if you get like five in a row, like regular bingo, you win the prize. Did they win an actual goose? Oh, an actual goose. <laughs> maybe that's the grand prize if you get the whole card. <laughs> oh, 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 oh damn that's so that's great marketing so that's really cool who's whose idea was that was that you uh i really have no idea we like what the fuck i don't know like who came up with it but like we always have like these crazy ideas i think it like came out when we were like just driving in the van <laughs> like like we always have the best ideas when we're just like hanging in the van and someone's like yo yo you know it'd be great as if like we did the show and like yep like every song was like pulled, you know, pulled out as a bingo ball. And like, we always, we have like our, our road manager I spoke about earlier, John, who we call coach. And he's kind of like, he's, in a lot of ways, he's like the fifth member of the band. So like, we always talk about joke and he's like really funny. And we're like, yeah, what if John has like the bingo roller is like calling the songs, like shows into us and we play him. Like, 
we originally wanted to do it fully live, like at a at a show. Um, which you know, we then we just moved up the idea. Like we actually had plans to do it um, probably like later this year, but then we like just moved the idea up to this streaming thing because I think it's actually working out well because like it's going to be an extra bit of interaction with our fans, um, other than us just like playing a live show, you know. So when you guys are streaming a live show, are you using, are you still going multi-cam and you're just having somebody go from camera one, two, three, four, and you're just doing your thing? Yeah, we, we actually did like, we switched up the, um, like kind of like the format for our live show, like streaming. I, you know, I was thinking like, I really love a video that's like one cam, but like it's on a gimbal. So it's like really steady. And it it's almost like it's, it's the one it's like a one person perspective 100 percent. yeah so i was like let's try that so it, it kind of like you know doesn't the, you don't have to do all the switching it kind of like made it a little bit easier yeah totally so like let's just make it one cam so we got a gimbal um which is like a camera stabilizer like just put a dslr on it um and then one person just like film the whole time and you just like go you can get really close to somebody like see the detail I love it. I think it's yeah. awesome. Um, it's and that's awesome. kind of the approach we took. It's a little bit different than like the live show, but I think in this circumstance, it's like, it's totally cool. Cause you can really get, it's like, you feel like you're in the room in my opinion. Immersive experience. Yeah. It's totally immersive. Yeah. <laughs> that's so huge. Are you guys, um, and you just feed all the audio from the X32 into whatever, yeah. like a yeah. OBS or whatever you're using. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we yeah. have, yeah, so it's like, well, you know, we can dial in the mix as, as best we can. Um, and, you know, in that circumstance, like you, you can know, you could, we do, you know, trials and like get everything, get everything set, you know? So it's like, it's kind of like a low risk, a little bit low risk situation as long as the stream doesn't go down or whatever. Um, oh man, when the stream goes down, you got to know it's gonna, the stream's gone down for me so many times during this fucking quarantine. Yeah, I it's like the scariest thing for sure. Um, there are people paying on yours. Yeah, people are That's paying. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we found we found this spot though for Bingo Tour that just has like the internet upload speed is like almost forty megabytes per second. Oh, which is like ridiculous. Yeah, fucking crazy fast. Like at my house right here, it's like maybe 10, 12 megabytes per second. Average, average right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going straight into the router? Yeah, straight into the router with like Ethernet cable, hardlined. So like, yeah, we, we should be fine. Like at this place, as long as the power doesn't go out, we'll be fine. So you're going to a different place. You're going. You're setting up the full show and doing the whole thing. Yeah, the whole like um, idea behind it is to set up at the Goose Community Rec Center, which is this theoretical <laughs> space, but it's supposed to be like more along the lines of the bingo theme. Um, and so we're trying to find, we were trying to find like this basically almost like a summer camp kind of vibe place. Um, and we kind of, we got, we, we tracked down a dope location that's like this, the barn kind of vibe the tall ceiling so the lights will look cool lots of wood and like you know mis miscellaneous artifacts that are like super like camp rec center vibes <laughs> whoa dude yeah what is the thing that i am so in marveled at is that you're able to get a lot done with the project but you're also able to stay 
spacious enough with it to where you can still seek inspiration. It's yeah. not like a dog collar that you're wearing, which right. a lot of people can, can fall into such a thing, you know, with any domain of expertise. Right. So it's like on a daily basis, like what is, what are you doing to like, are you thinking and working like, like practicing goose shit every day? Are you, is it something like on a day to day? Like what are you doing these days? On a day to day, I mean, a lot of like over the last couple of weeks, we've been we've been like recording. Um, working on a new studio album, um, which you know will come at some point. But like we've been working on it um, independently, been, I presume, right? Yeah, just at home. We have like a home studio kind of thing. And you would, you would like, put like out live album by yourself too. We what? You put out a live and well, right? Independently yeah. as well. Independently, um, yeah. That's so cool. That's so great. So you've yeah. been putting that. That's cool. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we definitely have like, you know, it would be cool to work with some kind of label or producer in the future. Open to it. We've had like some conversations um, that have seemed like pretty awesome and promising and something may happen in the future, but at least this record is going to be like, you know, independent um, and which is totally fine because like right now we're able to get so much done just in quarantine. Um, so it's, I think, I think, I don't know, there's gonna be so much great music coming out after this whole thing's over. Oh my God, man. It's going to yeah. be a different world. Oh yeah. It expedited our world like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things got, yeah. I mean, we, I, I see it as almost like, at least in terms of the band, like, you know, obviously this, it, a lot of people have lost their jobs. Like, I our band is most likely one of the most, you know, more fortunate situations because like we were able to record music that we didn't have time to record. You know, we were like, we were always touring and now we don't have to play shows. So it's like, we're actually able to focus in on this project that we wanted to get done for a while. And it's like, you know, then, then when shows get back up and going, like all our shows will have been from a postponement. So like they'll just you know they'll just happen as they as, as they were supposed to happen like a couple months ago you know it'll just be like a year later or something um, it's almost like you're pressing the pause on like the live live uh, situation. Do you think it'll be a year? You think it'll be that soon? Oh, uh, I have no idea. Right. Uh, I mean, festivals are postponing for like next summer. Yeah. And I think I think like a festival could happen next summer. I think like less capacity, you know, obviously like more, you know, thinking about like making sure people have enough space and stuff like that. And crazy. I don't know, more, more like more things will be taken into consideration, but we're basically like all the festivals that were supposed to happen this summer, they're like, all right, we just want to make the same lineup next year. So we're like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So it's it's basically like you know twenty twenty is like a, a little breath before yeah. a lot of craziness that hopefully will ensue. My God, man! Yeah, it's just so strange. I just don't know like what to like. I feel I don't know if you can relate to this at all. I yeah. feel like the, like I just feel so small some days. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like yeah. this. It's like so uniquely pulverized by it all. Yeah. And and you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know if you can relate to that at all, but it's like, it's just like, it's literally insane. Like, it's just like a, a, a total like axis of all beliefs have been like turned upside down in some way. 
Right. Um, I mean, so, it's, it's basically flipped the world on its head, you know? Are you guys writing about that? Or are you going from, are you using songs that you've kind of been, been working on? Like, I'm assuming you guys, like, take songs and play them live for a while before you record them? Yeah, I mean, like, we're, we do a little bit of both. Like, our new record's going to have some songs that have not been played live, which is kind of awesome. I mean, that's, like, what we, we're trying to strive to be on more of that level because we want, we want the album to be just as important as the live show, you know? And if, if it's a bunch of songs that people have already heard, uh, what's the point, you know? Maybe a few, but, like, <laughs> and then you get to hear the studio take of those. But, like, having some new, fresh content on there is important to us, at least. Um, so we're definitely doing that. But yeah, writing, I've been writing a bunch. Um, I've written like a few songs that we're going to play on the bingo tour thing that won't be recorded first. We'll play them first, but that's fine. You know, it, given the circumstances, it's, you know, I think, I think people want to hear new music and, um, you know, feel, feel the, feel the age uh, of the vibe that we're in, you know, feel the vibe. That, we're, that we have been in for the last month, you know, a couple the months. Real, the vibe is real. The vibe is real. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful vibe as well, right? Because it's it's so unbelievably innocent. Like I feel like everyone just kind of like was like this, and yeah. now like this. Yeah. And do you know? Um, do you know Theo Katzman? Yeah. Yeah. All right, dude. I I I love his new album so much. Me too. Uh, and I think like. I'm glad that you know about him because I was going to say like you would love this guy like, <laughs> um, but yeah like the the mu- like he was almost like I mean he's writing like very very political songs on his last album and it came out even before all of this happened like I cannot wait to see what he comes out with after this like he seems like somebody who's very good at portraying like uh, a particular situation and like he always does it like his lyrics are so clever. And his songs are catchy. It's like, I really want to see what he comes out with, um, like, really bad. Because, like, for me, sometimes it's hard to portray, like, the current state of events without, I feel like I sound cheesy or something like that. Yeah. And he's good at it. Like, he's really good at it. So I'm stoked for, I mean, he just came out with the album. I can't expect him to come out with something immediately. But, like, uh, I feel uh, like he's going to have some good shit. <laughs> it's a fucking live stream of a demo. Something. Oh, really? That'd be cool. great. I missed that. Oh, no, I'm just suggesting. Oh, maybe, maybe he'll do that, yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. I follow Corey Wong a lot. I like Corey. I love Theo. Those are my two favorite members from that band. Um, right. Totally. It's like, just the, that's like the craziest thing, too. It's like the concept of, uh, of writing something that is like intentionally here today. It's right. like, is that something that you're, you're thinking about? right now or, or like what what have you been fucking with and like listening to during this time or that yeah. that's inspiring the body of work that you're currently vibing in that's interesting i i actually was like listening to the foo fighters a little bit um oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like getting back to like some grungy stuff um and that's wow. kind of like been the style i've been going for a little bit um i actually so- have one song that's like very beatles-esque though so like a little bit of the beatles too i guess i don't know but that grunge style a little bit more so recently than than usual. Holy fuck! Yeah, <laughs> that's way different. That's so not like that's so. Well, I yeah. guess that's also improvisational, in the sense of um, in a tenacity. Hmm. Yeah, 
like straight rock, dude. I love rock. <laughs> oh, so that's a beautiful yeah. thing, man. So it's like, is that, is that, that's not the vibe that you guys are moving in for the, for the record. I'm assuming it's just, no, like a- the, the record is already written and, 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 you know, being recorded now, but like, this is just kind of stuff I've been working on recently, just in my own writing. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. Kind of got back to like just writing with an acoustic guitar. And Were you not doing that? I was doing a lot more like production, like while I was recording, I would be like tracking into logic while I was recording, you know, like, you know, that kind of thing, more keyboards. Now I'm like, I'm like, I reverted a little bit back to the acoustic guitar at, at the moment. Um, and then maybe I'll, I'll switch back at some point. Like, that's what I love about writing songs. It's like anything can happen. Anything goes and a different process where we're like, you'll have, wildly different results are you writing like are you like doing a disciplinarian approach like where um you're writing every day or are you just doing it when when you're inspired to do so whenever i'm inspired yeah like if i have like a musical idea usually a lot of it happens when i go on runs same here. Um, yeah so like i don't listen to any music when i go on a run i had like no phone nothing just run um, and then like, I might come up with like a lyrical idea, like while I'm on, on, on the run, get back and like, try and like bang out a thing with the, you know, bang out some chords and like create, create a little like melody or whatever. Um, that happens a lot and it's happened at least twice that have, that has turned into songs already so far on this quarantine. That's so, immense. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like I never, like I, I was used to be a runner. I like did cross country when I was in high school as well. Um, you know, I was big into running and then kind of like, you know, fell off of it. But then, you know, it's always been like a thing that I do occasionally, but more so like since the quarantine started, I like going to run almost pretty much every other day at this point, sometimes multiple days in a row. Um, nothing crazy, like three, maybe three miles, something like that. Um, yeah, same here. Up a sweat. Yeah. Dude, I, dogs always fuck with me on runs. Dogs, dude. There. <laughs> like, There's a couple crazy ones on my run for sure. <laughs> are you like? Are you taking the same route? Too? You're doing. I got a couple routes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one dog loves me. <laughs> he just, he'll bark at me like the entire length of his property. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you even come close or think about? looking at me <laughs> i don't know what he's saying he's giving me his attention though <laughs> you know maybe i'll write a song about him yo that would be wild yeah. you whoa what would be really cool is to personify the dog and not yeah. let the audience know it's a dog until the end of the song yes exactly that'd be great in the current goose catalog how much of the of the writing like specifically on alive and on alive and well because that album just like that how that i love music that humbles me and it's like that is that album is like the reason why bands need to still keep being bands and right. like, it's modern yeah. sense because it's like we're gonna lay it down it's like the bulls yeah in like 80s and 90s bulls when jordan was playing it was just like right we're gonna do it our way and we're gonna play and we're gonna put it out and it's like that's oh, the coolest yeah. thing like the limitation of the band is like the very beauty and magnificence that the band offers and so it's like how much of like you know like yeti 
and like um, Time to Flee is like my favorite. And, and so it's like, were those songs existent for years prior to you coming or, or, or were you involved in those compositions? So, yeah, I mean, those were songs. That's funny. Those are like my two songs that are on there. Um, so those are both me. Like, so Yeti was a song that I wrote with my old band, Great Blue, my high school band. Um, oh, cool. The, that w- which turned college band and then post-college band. Um, so that was a Great Blue song uh, and was adapted by Goose. Um, like, I think like maybe like a year after I joined. Um, and then Time to Flee is a song that was like adapted by Goose almost as soon as I joined. And it was like, uh, it was a song that I wrote like after like a weird breakup, um, like earlier in 2017. So that one was like pretty, pretty like relatively new when it, when it first started being played by Goose. Um, but yeah, now it's taking on a life of its own. It has like a whole like improvisational jam section. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it didn't, you know, that was never like a thing. But, we, but the live show, it's like, you know, it's it's fun for us to like, that's a three minute song. So like, I know. <laughs> when I extended it all, like we, we came up with this other thing to do that if we want to like, you know, basically play it longer. Um, well, you guys will do 25 minutes and you'll do four songs. Yeah. Do three songs. Yeah, I mean, we could we could do like, I mean, you can even let, I mean, there's a song on there that's like 27 minutes long. <laughs> yeah fuck yeah it's like the third song yeah all i need <laughs> all i need yeah dude oh my yeah. god come on it's the like jam is crazy uh, like time to flee the studio vibe i played for the band my my guys in the cosmic country band yeah. studio version and they they didn't get it yeah and then when i played it for them live they yeah. they they got it and so the thing like me being someone who's like immensely inspired by composition was that intentional on your end to make the studio track that clean and like that precise like even with like butter rum and and things that was yeah so like that wasn't totally that was totally intentional with the time to flee um i think butter rum like butter rum was like butter rum got pretty clean too actually i mean yeah but the time to flee like i had an original demo that I was like basically using as like a, a map for like how I wanted the song to sound. Like I wanted to create, I wanted to create like something and I had like a straight, I had like a clear vision in my head of how I wanted the, like the sounds to be. Um, and I, I, I achieved like, I mean, I mean like my, I would, I, I was satisfied. Like we, we achieved like exactly what I was thinking, um, which was, it said, it's like, it's awesome. I don't think that happens very often. So I was very grateful for that. Um, we had a great like mixing engineer who was like very perceptive to like my ideas and stuff. And that helped a lot. Um, but yeah, and then the band, the band got behind it and yeah, I, I love it. I mean, like, you know, it's, I think a lot of people relate to like the goose live stuff little bit more because it's like why do you think that is it thinks because it's like it's so raw oh wow you know people like people really like the honesty behind it you know like like the studio stuff is like you know meticulously like labored over right and that's beautiful in its own way like you know that's that's like basically the studio stuff is like the artist's vision for that song like how they want that song to sound in their head um and the live version is like how the song just sounds like when you just play it, 
Like, you know, it's different. <laughs> wow. You know, like in the studio, you can do like layers and all this stuff. And we do that because we can and we love it. It sounds cool to us. So it's like, you know, there's, I think there's a good side to both. And I think like people can, you know, there's probably going to be people who appreciate one side or the other, or maybe both, or like, you know, whatever. It's it's all good, but like, that's why there's both anyway. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. The honesty. You have to believe in your honesty that you deliver to the people. Oh, my God. Yeah. The thing, man. Yeah. In regards to the, did you do the album art for that record too? So, um, so like the actual, let's see, the album art done for like, are you talking about Live and Well? Live and Well, because it's so simple in contrast to um, the singles that you guys put out last year. Yeah, so it's a different artist. The, the singles guy, we actually like wanted to go with somebody who was like really good at drawing characters. Um, yeah. He's like a comic book artist. Yup. Um, so, yeah, turned out great. Like he had some really cool ideas right off the bat. He's like not affiliated with the jam scene at all. Has no idea like who Goose is really. Like, kind of better. Just a great artist, yeah, and like got the concept and loved it. And um, then uh, like alive and well is that's our buddy Johnny who did that art. <laughs> the idea with alive and well is like, I mean, we wanted to do, we wanted to do a live album, and we wanted it to be like if we upload or if we like release more live content, we want to be we wanted to be like pretty cohesive. So like if there's anything else we do, like he's gonna do the art for it, any live stuff. And we're also probably gonna keep it nice and simple. Maybe even the same in like black and tan kind of vibe. So the whole idea was to I mean, I guess nobody really knows that yet because we haven't like released anything else, but that's kind, of the, that's kind of the objective. Um, you have like an archival <clears throat> uh, endeavor that aesthetically will all be tied together from the same dude. That's the whole point, yeah. Why simple aesthetically? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'd say, like, you know, the simple vibe there. Um, I, I just think, like, I think simple looks good. Uh, like, it looks clean vibes look good over time, you know? It's why, like, it's why, like, the best logos are, are literally all just, they could just be one color. Like, they don't have to be a certain amount of colors. It's just, like, one thing. Um, or like, you know, they're not hard to read. They're like, it just like with br any brands, like as long as it's like simple and effective and like has a little bit of character, that's a, that's a great logo. Great. A great brand. That's a great branding. Like you don't need anything that's like too hard to look at. Um, over time, it, it'll like wear you down. So wanted to keep it simple, but it is a little bit intricate and with like, he basically did the whole thing with like a, um, like a pen. And there's, there's really great detail in there, but it's only two colors, you know, the tan background and the black writing. Right. So it's like, there's a little bit of both. Um, but I, I dig that. I dig like the simple vibe for sure. The simple vibe. It yeah. puts it in like, man, it's just so, I just love when it comes to loving anything artistic, I, it's the all encompassing thing. Like I look like it's more than the tracks, it's the aesthetic and right. And it's yeah. the way that the, the, that the aesthetic looks online. It's where the aesthetic is packaged and the thumbnail. Right. It's like, you're just nailing it from all fronts, man. And it's like, there's no other group 
that is doing it the way that you guys are doing it. It's just so inspiring to see. And it's like upon researching it, yeah. it's funny to see when you came in, how kind of all of that, that's not, you know, aesthetically yeah. really shifted. And so it just seems like you kind of have a natural ability in regards to your personality, you just kind of recognize those things and you're just disciplined yeah. enough to apply it to your own group. And it's sure. like, sure. I mean, that, that could be, that could be it just there, you know, <laughs> dude, it's just yeah. so good, man. And it's like, I just love what you guys do. I, I can't wait to see you guys play live. I've never seen it live. Um, yeah. Were you going to go to the national show? We were literally about to be there in March. I don't know if you had heard about us at that point. I had. Yeah. Um, I was playing a show that night. I was, I was booked, I think. Mm-hmm. In, uh, I think I was booked in uh, Buffalo, New York, someplace. Nice. Love Buffalo. Love Buffalo, man. Love Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. All that shit got postponed hard. Postponed yeah. very much so. Um, yeah. But we'll come back around, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so you guys, are you guys coming back to, what is it, Marathon? marathon? Yeah, we're, I mean, like, the plan is, like, you know, when we get back to being, being playing live shows, we are going to get back to Nashville. I don't think it's going to be – the same like touring package like we'll probably come back with our own headlining show you know like it was like, we were supposed to be opening for upper pigeons but like you know at, at the point that like it may just not work with the scheduling like i think things are going to be so crazy that like pigeons is going to have to do dates at certain times like we're not gonna, we're going to have to do our dates at other times it's like i think it's going to be insane so especially the availability of the venues. Like we may not be able to like make that show happen as it would have. Mm. be getting back to Nashville in some regard. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to go back to Nashville really badly. That's like, you know, I spent a lot of time there. <laughs> well, we love you here, man. Absolutely. Everyone, you know, everyone I've turned boots on to is just all about it, you know? So yeah. Can't wait to see you guys, and yeah, I'll have to tune into that bingo tour. Um, that's yeah, dope. Yeah. We'll put this out right around. You said you're doing it at the end of this month. Yes. Okay, we'll put this podcast out right around then. Awesome, Green. Awesome. Dude, Thanks goose, for the time, Peter. Goosebingotour.com. Goosebingotour.com. Yeah. Boy, out of context, how funny yeah. is that? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we were just thinking, like, yo, bingo tour. <laughs> It's hilarious. Was Bingo already taken? Uh, yes, but Goose Bingo I got as well. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All it's right, pretty- dude. Yeah. Hey, enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Yeah, and, man. Great uh, talking to you. You too. You too. Yeah. Is it, do you go by Peter or Pete? By Peter. Yeah, I love the formal. The Daniel is the... Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, you ever go hang out at the Station Inn? I love the Station Inn. Dude, I did like a I my freshman year I did like this twenty five page paper on the station in. Really? Yeah, it was like a full research project. I like went down there and like I literally just like sat around like and hung out and like listened to the jams for like a couple maybe like four or five times and like wrote a it was like it was like a paper about like the culture. Um and I just wrote I wrote about the culture of the station in. <laughs> it's like, a fascinating place. Dude, it's fucking cool. Like, I can't believe it's a real thing. Like, <laughs> when I was down there, it was like, this is like, this is the authentic Nashville that I've been looking for. And oh, I thought it was totally that vibe. I don't. Know, hopefully, it hasn't changed. I feel like it won't. 
No, it won't. All the the people who own it are are very much so destined yeah. to uh, keep it that way. And yeah, because like you go downtown and it's like there's a little bit. It's like yeah, I don't know. It's not the. It's not like the classic like bluegrass country vibes that the station in was bringing. Roberts, um, dude, you gotta go to Roberts Western World next time. All right, definitely will, man. Absolutely. I all right, my friend. Uh, yeah. Stay cool. Keep doing what you do. Uh, yeah, man. You, you and a lot of other people love it. You too, man. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later. Peace. You can't not dig goose after listening to this podcast. Go check out Alive and Well, the record, but then also go check out Alive and Well, the video on YouTube. Um, for each track that's on the record, that of which they put out independently, mixed, you know, did everything in-house, there's also a video from the shows that Peter edited and uh, did all himself and, and put, put on YouTube, and it's really a magnificent modern example of how to give to your fans and, and, and just be a, a real artist. And it's truly inspiring. I, I fucking love these guys. Thank you. Uh, thank y'all for listening to this. Uh, the music that we have today is really good. Uh, so we have um, 61674, Grateful Dead, live in Iowa. Uh, Nick Fry sent this one to me um, from the Cosmic Country Band, of course. And it was like really, really funny because we put out our single on 616 and he's from Iowa and everything we do is deeply inspired by the dead. So it's cool to kind of see that cosmic synchronicity there. Um, trying to catch Sunflower from the Iowa State Fair. Um, then we were hearing Arcadia, which is a, a, a goose song that is really popular amongst their fan base and, and the jam band scene in general. And then we also have Buck Owens' Buckaroo, coming out in 1965, one of the premier country guitar instrumentals. Uh, of the time, Mr. Don Rich and, and Buck Owens on electric guitar there. Um, y'all go check out the new Cosmic Country single, Luck of the Draw, produced by Robin Ford, available on all streaming platforms in the entire cosmos. But more importantly, y'all breathe. Y'all enjoy yourself. Y'all stay happy. Y'all keep doing what you do. Stay positive and stay cosmic.